Greetings and welcome to the SideQuest Heroes podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ray Hogg, alongside the Pikachu to my Ash Ketchum, Clive Cookson. How you doing, Clive? Ah. Pika Pika indeed. Get back in your ball, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very well, thanks, Ray. How about yourself? Uh, can't complain, can't complain. Bit more energy this week, so uh, we'll hopefully kick it up a notch. Great. So we've got a pretty good show for you today. Today we'll be discussing some news, including the uh, reveal of the PS5 user interface, uh, the fact that the PS5 is officially only one month away from release here in Ireland, which yes. is uh, November 19th release. Elder Scrolls 6 could be a possible Xbox exclusive. Uh, Microsoft partnering partner, uh, Microsoft partnering up. Partnering? Is that a word? Clive, can you help me? Partnering? <laughs> you could say partnering up, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft becoming partners with GameStop. Uh, Steve <laughs> from Minecraft is now in Smash Ultimate, because why not? That's the thing. And then we'll be talking about the topic of the show, which will be some of our favorite YouTube gamers and video game players and general YouTube channels that are video game related. But before we get into all of that, if you didn't know, this is the SideQuest Heroes podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything video games if you like the sound of that follow and listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and all those other kick-ass podcast services available online on top of that we are also on instagram you can find us there using at sidequest heroes and follow all of our video game related shenanigans there post some comments do let us know what topics you want us to cover because as i like to reiterate we're going to run out of topics we need help Okay. <laughs> I know it's going to be now, a very short podcast if that's the case. <laughs> absolutely. But before we get into the episode, it's time for that little segment we like to call What You Been Playing. What You Been Playing. So, Clive, what have you been playing? Oh, man, I am excited to talk about this one because recently I've been playing Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. My God. This is Skeletrix on acid, right? (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. So basically, the gist of it is you have a remote control car. You can get either Mario or Luigi version, and it has like a little AOR camera on the back of it. So what you kind of do is kind of map out your own courses using these gates that you get inside the packaging, create your own course. So... Like, say, for instance, you have four gates. I'll put down one, two, three, and four around the house. Yeah. Then we'll say, okay, map out your track. So you start off by driving through gate one. You do whatever kind of route you want to do to get to gate two, then three, then four, and then just loop around. Okay. And then there's your track. Now, once the track is created, you're basically Mario in your actual house, which is absolutely amazing. It's kind of like a AOR augmented reality kind of thing where, you know, you'll see all your furniture, you'll see everything going around, and you can race against AI opponents and throw shells and collect coins and so on. Brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Like, I thought it was a gimmick to begin with, and I thought, oh, I'll just play it a couple of times, but my God, I've been having so much fun with it. Freaking out the dog, obviously, who is like, what the hell's going on here? So it's kind of weird. You look at the screen and it's like fast paced action. And, and then you, you kind of forget when you look at the actual cart just going around. It's like going around relatively slowly if you're on the 50 cc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of weird. You can get 100 cc. You can get 150 cc. I think there's a 200 cc mode as well, you know, wow. similar to the Mario Kart games. But Does it dial up the speed? Like, does it the does. 
or actually yeah. go faster and slower really the physical car will go uh, faster yeah so, uh, depending on the speed so i've been finding if you're in a relatively small space hmm. i would recommend you know 50 or 100 cc yeah if you're going up to 150 or possibly 200 cc hmm. it might be a bit too tight for you and cart might be going a bit fast but uh, i'm sure you've seen i started off in my living room went into the hallway went into the kitchen yeah, yeah, and then yeah. back it's been oh my god this is the kind of game that i would have loved as a kid Hmm. sure i'm a big kid anyway so you're gonna have to get someone now to get the luigi card and join you on a and a race through your house. <laughs> oh, no, the, the thing is, it's oh, was it? oh, it's 110 quid for the pack. Yeah. Now the the actual remote control car piece looks absolutely amazing. The tech they have in it is brilliant. Mm. And then you recharge it. You in a USB C cable, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can even charge it through the Nintendo Switch dock, which is pretty nice. But if you want a second car, you have to buy a second pack. So that's basically an extra 110 quid. Jesus. Now. Obviously, I'm hoping down the line, it's going to be a case where, you know, Nintendo might be like, okay, you already have one pack and you have, you know, all the gates and everything else. If you want to buy an extra character, let's just say they bring out a Donkey Kong or Or a Peter Toad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can just buy the car itself and Mm. then be able to, you know, play multiplayer. But uh, it's fun. So you can only have multiplayer if you have more than one cart. But myself and the wife, Anne, we've been, you know, having fun just playing against each other's ghosts or playing against UI. So it's actually... Oh, does it do ghost tracking as well? So you can do a lap and they have to try and time trial beat it. Yeah. Now, the the unfortunate thing, because it's like an AOR thing and you're driving an actual toy car, you won't be able to see their actual ghost. But you do Mm. see it's like a a clock symbol that's going around the track. So you're basically following a ghost really but yeah it's great fun definitely oh i just i don't know it's gonna be something i'll be playing around christmas anyway (laughs) well if the pandemic ever goes away and we're again allowed to meet up with friends and family i might actually take a little trip up to you and have a go oh (laughs) yeah i'll see you in 2022 (laughs) i'm I'm thinking of just getting those you know joint lego blocks and just making a course or you know getting soccer cones and just putting them all over the place or something you just need like like cheap duplo or something yeah exactly i was looking for something like that but like some of the the size like there's so many different sizes you can get Mm. i'm like i i don't i'd need to see them in person to know it would be suitable for what i want anyway yeah or just buy a bunch of plastic cups just put them around the place absolutely um yeah you could even get like just the red cups and kind of create like a custom little mario land Ah, sure. I even showed you uh, that link where Nintendo Japan, I think it was, made their own like Mario Circuit track. Yeah, that looks mental. God, that looks like you're playing an actual Mario Kart game. Yeah, it looks like the old. um, I can't remember the name of the level on Mario sixty four, Mario Kart sixty four. Oh, I I think it was the SNES one, wasn't it? Mario Circus. I think. Oh, was it it just that? Yeah, it it looked identical. Like it was literally live action Mario. Brilliant. (laughs) What about yourself, Ray? Me, myself, and I, I've been playing, um, I think I might have mentioned on a previous podcast that I was going to check this out, and I finally did, and it was scary and amazing at the same time. I've been playing Minecraft in PlayStation VR. Um, I can't play a lot of it because I can <laughs> honestly confirm VR legs is a thing, because I'm pretty good in VR, but I haven't played it since I moved house, so I haven't played VR in close to seven months so i put it back on for the first time and it took a bit of while to kind of get the thing working and whatnot and i thought something was wrong because it was like oh this isn't really vr because what happens is you put on the headset and you're sitting inside a minecraft house and there's a minecraft like tv in front of you and you're playing it on the minecraft tv 
but then you can actually uh the buttons weren't mapped correctly so when i finally mapped the buttons i actually hit immerse mode and then oh, what happens okay. is you zoom in towards the tv and the tv goes around you and then you're suddenly in like minecraft world oh jesus it's so <laughs> freaky like it's actually just really freaky being up close to these things i would um, say so like what, what was it doing because i started from scratch again i just created like a new world popped in and i was just like how the hell do you play this again oh um, god yeah jesus it, chop, it's chop, got chop, that chop, chop. <laughs> yeah yeah it's got that kind of thing where um which was my problem with vr in skyrim because the the res is so low but then again minecraft is designed to look like this so it's not as bad as skyrim so like when you get up and close to the textures are real pixelated but like it, it works in minecraft because that's the style but whereas the same thing in skyrim it actually made me kind of like nauseated but yeah no i built a little house um started mining then and it's so freaky when you're trying to like survive the night and the zombies are coming around you and you can actually build a little hole for yourself and you oh, can God. put your head outside the hole to, to <laughs> say go away zombies um, oh my god it's freaky it's very freaky i don't know if i'm going to keep playing it though it's um there's like do you know what those i assume you've played minecraft right oh like, yeah yeah on yeah but do you know when you're kind of walking along and you might find an old um like hole in the ground and it just drops down forever no, I've come yeah. across a couple of those, and I swear to God, I <laughs> walked to the edge of it, looking, looking down, going, nope, nope, <laughs> not playing this anymore. Um, Don't blame you. So, yeah, no, I've been kind of busy doing overtime work at the moment, so I haven't really had much time to play anything else. But when I've had another little bit of downtime, I finally started playing Among Us. Very nice. Yeah. Brilliant game. Yeah, I've been playing it on the old Android phone. Uh, it's a little hard to use with the old touchpad, but, you know, eventually get used to it. It's a great mm. little game. Oh, it's, it's um, so much fun. I mean, uh, the only problem I have sometimes is, I don't know, it's like there might be server issues where, you know, you're playing a game and then all of a sudden it says victory or defeat and you're like, yeah, well, nothing happened, you know. But no, overall, brilliant little game. It's a good bit of crack. I think myself, you, uh, friends of the show, Brian and Johnny should play mm. that at some stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the type of game where I know that the, the developers, as far as I remember, they were in the process of making Among Us 2. And because this game kind of took off all of a sudden, again, uh, the updates that they were going to have for the sequel are kind of being fed into the original game now. But I like I do like the art style of it. It's it's a little bit kind of flashy for me. Um, mm. Flashy being as in looks like Flash, the software that you used to use for making like <laughs> Flash movies. So I would love to see a version of it where it's kind of like maybe Fall Guys-esque kind of characters running around a ship doing like little things like better animations and stuff. So I'd be very interested to see where it goes if it holds on to the populace the way it has been. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, speaking of your Minecraft VR, I have to say, if Nintendo made some kind of VR add-on for Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, my God, I think that would just complete it for me. Could you just imagine yourself playing as Mario in VR around your own house while you're looking at yourself standing there? That'd be so weird. And like, it would be so weird, but it'd be so cool. <laughs> I'm sure like some kind of psychopath, like Oculus Rift fanboy has created something like that already <laughs> like have like mount a 360 camera on a little tiny rc car because i know they had that labo vr or something like that so mm. who knows if they'll do something with a mario kart live home circuit but yeah you never know sure. but we'll see you or nintendo were always a bit kind of cautious getting i mean they had their own kind of vr thing which was a bit useless and pants but mm. who knows if they'll work with another uh company or a publisher to to bring out something else 
So that's uh, that's what I've been playing. Shall we get into the news? Okay, cool. So we uh, got a few items on the list. Uh, I guess, first of all, we can start off with the PS5 UI was finally unveiled. So we have an article here from GameSpot. Some of the main things we saw there was we got the whole new PS5 control center mm. where you know obviously it's almost like a taskbar at the bottom where you can choose various different options without actually having to leave the game which is pretty cool so you can potentially see like who's online and everything else it's actually a nice way of doing it because one thing i hate about the ps4 is oh i received a game invitation oh hold on i'll just press the home button yeah the game click into here where's the friend invitation from accept and then go back into the yeah, game no, I, I did honestly like that as well like we're it's almost like your game is kind of just pushed into the background a little bit and you can kind of check what's going on and then just go straight back in your game using that PlayStation button. Yeah, they got activity cards, which is kind of cool. So there are these kind of cards that you can see in game where let's just say the percentage of how far you are Mm. to getting a particular trophy in this instance, uh, which is pretty cool. Or, you know, you can do a whole kind of game tips thing within the game. Now, I believe it It'll depend on the actual game itself. I think that's Mm. more up to the developers and so on to actually include something like that. But say, for instance, in the example they showed, it was um, they were playing Sackboy and trying to figure out what to do in this particular level. So they were Mm. able to look up a tutorial video as to kind of what to do next. And they were able to put that like picture in picture almost, which is kind of cool. So you're not really taken away from the experience by having to, you know, watch it elsewhere. It's all within the dashboard, which is kind of cool. You got the PS5 sharing as well, so players in your party can share their screen. That was really cool, actually, the way mm. that you, you, it's almost picture in picture. So I could be playing something like Sackboy, and you could be playing like um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and you, I could see what your screen is showing, but we could be ch- party chatting at the same time. And you were like, oh my God, you have to look at my game right now. And then I could actually view your screen and then go back to my own game when I finish looking at that cool bit. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, really cool, actually. Yeah, it, it seems like it's making it easier to, you know, actually interact with your friends online as well without, mm. you know, removing yourself from the game experience, you know, constantly have to back out of menus just to get into a party chat and so on. It's actually really cool. And then the UI itself, I believe, is going to be like in 4K. Now, I know Xbox at the moment, their UI is currently at 1080p, which is kind of odd. But again, it's, you know, pre-release so, uh, hardware that they've given out to the YouTubers and everything else. They mm. say i'd say it'll potentially go up to 4k anyway by the time it's released but to be honest i don't care if the ui is 4k or 1080p as long as it's fast and snappy yeah i mean you know, you're going to be spending more time in the game not really on the ui exactly yeah although looking at the ps5 you might be spending a good bit of time in the ui itself which is mm. you know kind of cool the main screen i don't know what you thought of it but it just seems like a more refined version of what they have with the ps4 it you does mean look tiles like, exactly yeah, yeah. The, the top looks like a smaller version of the tiles of mm. like say the ps4 but i do love all the stuff they have at the bottom as well so the kind of logos and tiles and everything else looks very apple-esque mm. which is kind of cool um like it might look like your android tv or you know an apple tv and so on it actually just likes looks nice and clean and my favorite part is the fact that the PlayStation Store is going to be baked into the UI as opposed to being a separate app that just takes ridiculous amounts of time to actually load up. Yeah, it takes so long to open up. And even then, like sometimes I don't know if you found it with the store. I found it more recently than before, like in the past. Um, it can actually not load. Like sometimes you mm. open the store and it's just like 
just nothing happens. It just stays there. And then I know. you have to kind of It'll come just out. constantly load right and load, yeah. And then I'm finding as well, if you're going into a game page, you know, there's several issues with, you know, trailers showing up or not showing up. And, you know, obviously we've had issues where, you know, you can't buy certain parts of a game because it says you already own, you know, part of the game. Like, yeah, you might yeah, have downloaded yeah. it on PS Plus or something like that. But the fact it's baked into the UI, the whole store is absolutely brilliant. At least that way, it's not like an additional app that you have to download and then it's mm. its own separate thing. So it's very nice to see. But overall, I'm very happy with it. It actually looks really cool it looks like you know it's focusing more on social aspects and obviously snappiness and everything else and not taking you away from the game experience yeah and yeah. obviously with xboxes it's you know just nice clean simple lots of customizability as well in terms of you know what kind of tiles and sections you want in there as well so mm. uh, both really good uis but yeah the ps5 definitely impressed me anyway so i can't wait to uh play with that because we are officially, at the time of recording this, which is the 19th of October, uh, mm. one month away from the PS5 launch in Ireland. So, oh, oh my God, that ticking clock. <laughs> I know. It and who knows if we'll even be able to pick it up because at the moment, Ireland is going into potentially a level five lockdown, which is basically everything is shut. Fired <laughs> yeah. the essentials. So your shops and your grocery shopping and that type of stuff will still be open. But uh, who knows? The, the stores that we're picking up maybe we might have a click click and collect option or they might bite the bullet and deliver instead um, we'll have to wait and see but no definitely looking forward to it like even just looking at today's date and i was like holy crap yeah the ps5 is just one month away and obviously the xbox is coming out on the 12th so or what was the 10th was no, it? you're right. It is the 10th. Yes. Oh, yes. So I'll be looking forward to that as well. Mm, <laughs> my wait. first uh, Xbox console in many years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Xbox 360 was so great. And obviously I had fun with the Xbox One, but mm. I'd say you'll have a lot of fun with the Xbox Series S, which you'll be getting. Yeah. I mean, like I've said it before, you know, obviously there's a couple of games on there that I'm eager to start playing. Like I'm finally get a chance to play Suits of Rage 4. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, I just can't wait. Um, It'll be absolutely amazing. Yeah, so um, next on the kind of the news is one... Um, you're better at explaining the news items to me, so I'm just going to lead an introduction and you can explain it for me. So it's Phil Spencer's comments about Bethesda and uh, could Elder, Elder Scrolls 6 be an Xbox exclusive? What do you think, Clive? Yeah, yeah I know. So <laughs> this uh, article kind of came to my attention online. It's from uh, Kotaku. And it was written by Stephen Totillo, who interviewed uh, Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, who's been doing an absolutely amazing job. And basically, they had a you know long discussion talking about everything Xbox and so on. But then an interesting part came up about you know the whole Bethesda deal. Now we all know they bought Zenimax for seven point five billion dollars, which I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I know, but parent company of Bethesda, id Software, and you know other top flight studios but they'd be mm. famous for the likes of fallout elder scrolls doom and so on so during the interview he actually asked phil spencer like is it possible to recoup a 7.5 billion investment if you don't sell elder scrolls 6 on the playstation now mm. i'm guessing he asked that because there was a lot of talk about you know oh are xbox going to be you know making these id software games bethesda games xbox platform exclusive now i'm guessing that would mean you know you're it'll be on the xbox one it'll be on the xbox series consoles it'll be mm. on the microsoft store and pc yeah. and obviously xcloud which is going to be on various different android devices around the world so phil spencer when he was asked that question he said yes 
He continued and he says, I quote, I don't want to flip about that. This deal was not done to take games away from another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was, how do we keep our players, uh, other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to go play games. But I'll also say in the model, I'm just answering directly the question you had asked. When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices we had, and we have xCloud, PC and Game Pass, and our console base, I don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us, whatever that means. Now, that's very interesting of him to say. It's basically, I mean, if Microsoft are going to be spending $7.5 billion on a huge company such as ZeniMax, Mm. Bethesda, it's software, I don't think you spend that amount of money just to put games on the PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, like, no, you're absolutely right, but I, the, the only... I would 100% agree with you if it wasn't just for a very tiny elephant in the room, which is Minecraft. Like Minecraft is owned by Microsoft, yet it is on, uh, is it on Switch yet? I think it is. Oh yeah, it's definitely on Switch, yeah. And also like PlayStation. So like there's a version of, like they could have been really mean about it and kept Minecraft exclusively on Xbox consoles, PC, and leave PlayStation out in the cold, but they didn't. I mean, so, the, I mean, the thing it, with that is the install base for the PlayStation already and the fact that Minecraft mm, had been out for quite a while. Yeah. It would look really bad on their part if they said, uh, you know what, PlayStation, you no longer get Minecraft or. You know. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I do agree with that in a sense, but I would also say, you know, it, it gives people an excuse to go to Xbox. It gives them excuse to go to, you know, the Microsoft Store and PC or even xCloud. If it is the case that they do decide to put, you know, certain games on PlayStation 5, maybe a year after they're released originally. Yeah, could be Who time knows? exclusives. Um, and then pay full price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, the... the there's no point in them shortchanging themselves like if they really want to be like they do own it it's they have every right to keep it on xbox consoles and just the platforms that they're going to make the most money from it um there's no obligation for them to put it on playstation um but even if they did i mean like uh if you, if you put it on playstation and you say yeah it's on playstation as well however you can still play it on day one for free on xbox game pass you don't have to drop 60 quid on it because i think for all the well-wishing in the world, some people just won't buy the Xbox. Mm. And like some people will just be PlayStation uh, fans, die hard till the day they die and just won't buy Xbox. And that will ultimately mean they won't get a chance to play Elder Scrolls. So maybe, yeah, you're right. Eventually it will come to PlayStation. But I think, you know, if, if I had a choice right now, let's say, for example, I have both consoles and Elder Scrolls 6 comes out and it's on day one, game pass or i buy 60 quid to get a copy on playstation i'm not going to buy it on playstation you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. They're, they're not really losing anything there so um i don't know i guess we'll just have to wait and see i mean who knows it might depend on the game maybe it is going to be a case-by-case basis mm. but i think more people would likely want to go to the xbox platform if there are you know really enticing exclusives there but i mean fair enough like are you going to make the money back quicker by putting them on everything or are they going to be thinking long term where, you know, 
we could potentially recoup, you know, yeah. the, the loss by, you know, providing it on Game Pass, getting X amount of people on Game Pass per month. If you have, you know, regular exclusives coming, like say every couple of months, that's obviously an excuse for people to, you know, stick to the Game Pass subscription and so on. Mm. So I don't know who who knows what'll happen, but sure we'll see. But I think it would make more sense in a deal like this. It just seems to me that they would want to, you know, have the top top tier games as an exclusive to yeah. the Xbox platform. Absolutely, absolutely. And keeping on Microsoft, as I said at the top of the episode, I can't pronounce this. So uh, Microsoft partnering partnering with GameStop. What's yeah, the story so, about this, Clive? <laughs> so What's going Microsoft, on? yeah, apparently has partnered with GameStop. So it's it's kind of weird. So it's like some kind of weird collaboration where they announced payment plans for, you know, uh, the upcoming next-gen consoles. In addition to that, it seems like they're going to tech out, you know, the company by, mm. you know, providing, you know, like Surface tablets and, you know, notebooks and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People will be talking over Microsoft Teams or chatting away. So better ways of communication. It does seem very interesting. And then I keep hearing all this stuff about potentially Microsoft will allow you know GameStop to sell digital codes um okay. for their Xbox games and they might potentially get a cut of each digital game that is sold so really? it's kind of interesting and yeah, that's what I've been hearing around uh, the place which is kind of strange to see that you know I mean it would make more sense for GameStop to want to sell digital codes if they are you know getting a certain amount of it yeah like um some of the rumors i've been seeing is you know if uh let's just say gamestop you know sells a console in particular from their shop and then the account on that particular console is you know buying x y and z games they'll get a cut of each game that is potentially sold on that console now i don't know if all that is true or not but it would be interesting it would yeah make more sense for them to try and sell more xboxes if they're getting a cut on every kind of digital sale which is kind of interesting but then you know they'll also have the you know the physical games for the xbox series x because xbox series x went all in with the you know disc drive and so on but Mm. maybe it's you know to keep them happy with the whole you know xbox series s which is digital only console yeah i mean like who who knows what way this is kind of going to play out like i wonder is it I used the, the word power move very carefully. Um, but like street level advertising, as much as people don't admit it, has a lot of sway. Like mm-hmm. think about anytime you're walking past GameStop, I'll always saunter in. I'm, I'm not oh, going to buy anything, but I'll saunter in. <laughs> but if I saw something was at a really good deal in GameStop, I probably would buy it. Yeah. But like, um, I wonder, is it the type of thing where they're trying to keep GameStop there up and running in a kind of roundabout way of like, it'll keep, microsoft and xbox in people's minds like if it's on the street and people see the stores and they're promoting xbox on the front Mm. so rather than microsoft opening up their game own game stores they can just piggyback off the infrastructure that gamestop already has there by keeping them sweet but like kitting them out with microsoft um merchandising and all Mm. that stuff um like might it be a case where gamestop will start stocking only merch that relates to microsoft ips Maybe they'll be stocking like Fallout pop figures way more than, say, <laughs> something like God of War figurines. You know, you just have to kind of wonder about these type of things. Um, like I know that definitely at the moment, my like Minecraft is still quite a big thing, and most GameStops do still stock a lot of that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I I I wouldn't want the local game store to disappear, even though GameStop is a little bit rubbish <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> um, 
I would still be very sad to see them go. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. The same way with any kind of game store when it shuts up and goes, it's like you still like that little hub where you can go in and look around and see what's out. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think it'll be weird if you know a GameStop employee comes up to me on the floor with like a Microsoft Surface tablet in hand, serving me and checking stock and all that kind of stuff. But maybe they want to make it a more kind of Apple type shop, you know, where. Hmm can just roam around and kind of provide you you know service on the floor and so on but yeah i mean paper plans are interesting because you know they come apparently in three different offerings so you have installment you have layaway and rent to own it's kind of interesting in addition to that they'll be doing the xbox all access program now i don't think unfortunately in ireland we don't have that i think it's mainly the us and uk mm. and various different other countries but you know you can do a 24 month payment plan for you know the, the likes of the series s or the series x but then you can have you know game pass ultimate and everything else included within that and mm-hmm. i think you're saving a slight bit of money uh which is kind of cool yeah and it gets you in on day one you know it's it just says look here you, i can't afford it well look here we'll do this plan okay now yeah. you can't afford it no excuse get yeah i mean and i mean if there's this whole partnership i'm of course, you know, I, I'm sure GameStop would be like, you know what, we have to try and sell as many Xboxes as possible. Now, if we get a cut of these digital games, you know, we definitely have to at least try and sell some of those, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But maybe it might, you know, hopefully keep them open for a good while longer anyway. Yeah. The, the, the fact that the consoles coming out do have disk drives is mm. definitely a good thing for them because it'll give them a reason to you know be open longer and actually get some more sales in through there but i do agree with you GameStop would be the kind of shop that i'd kind of go in and be like oh, i'll check out the stuff see what's there mm. and then i might go over to smith's to get it cheaper for 10 years yeah. <laughs> 10 years <laughs> But I mean, I have to say, I do buy a lot of hardware, though. So, you know, it might be a case of, you know, the stuff that they don't mark up. So, you know, the actual consoles or the controllers or, you know, some of the accessories, the amount of bloody, you know, gadgets I've gotten in there. Like, I don't mm. know if you can see it there, but I have my mushroom lamp, uh, Mario mushroom one up lamp. I do. I, yeah, I can see it on the top right. I have an Xbox uh, light logo light, and then I have a PlayStation symbols uh, light as well. So I do buy a lot of uh, kind of cool things in there, just little knickknacks and that, and the hardware. But in terms of games, I always do find them, you know, just too expensive sometimes. Yeah, even their pre-owned games are really expensive. Like sometimes you can end up paying more in Smiths for a pre-owned game than a brand new version of that game from somewhere like smiths or argos oh, do, do you mean you pay more for a pre-owned game in gamestop yes yeah, yeah. what did i say said smiths and then oh sorry <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah you can you could definitely yeah you could end up paying more for a pre-owned game in gamestop and get that new game cheaper in smiths well yeah sure let's just say god of war comes out for let's just say 60 euro on the playstation mm. 5 it would be 70 quid or so in gamestop yeah straight usually. away like and if they're selling secondhand games of those kind of games those top titles it would be like five euro cheaper than what you buy for it new but then if you went to smith's you'd be saving five euro more by buying the new copy as opposed yeah. to buying the secondhand copy in gamestop so yeah it's a very strange model they have it i don't don't understand a reasoning maybe it's just some sort of head office uh criteria that they have to match as much as people shop for games in smiths it's like a lot of the general public don't know they actually do video games because i always see people in GameStop. it's mad yeah 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 it's kind of weird like yeah i guess people just think of smiths as the toy store they don't really think of it as the video game store but it's definitely more of a video game store for me than it is a toy store 
Yeah. Um, well, let's hope they fall in line at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> then on to our very last uh, news item. Um, again, I'll let you take this because I know very little about this title. <laughs> oh, man. But Steve from Minecraft, Hero Brian or whatever he's called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve from Minecraft is now in Smash Brothers Ultimate. We're a bit low on, or slow on the uptake on this news item. But uh, what's going on with this, Clive? It was only last week they came out, so uh, we're not too slow. <laughs> mm. But no, yeah, so Steve and Alex from Minecraft are in Smash Brothers Ultimate now. So obviously two different, they're called Echo Fighters, so it's just a different skin for each one. So they officially got released on October the 13th, and they are the second part of the new Challenger pack, which is available for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So in the original pack, we had kind of cool characters like, you know, like Banjo-Kazooie and... Mm. Was it Joker was in that as well? Or, um, but as the Persona character. Yeah, they had such good characters. And now they had, oh, I can't remember your one from ARMS, but they had a character from ARMS. And now this is the second character in that particular pack. I but, heard a rumor. Oh, yeah? I heard a rumor that the uh, windscreen for Steve in Minecraft looks a little rude. Does it? I think it does. I think it looks like he has his meat on display. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he, wow. when he wins, he has like a little pork chop in front of him, but it doesn't look like a pork chop. <laughs> it looks like he's holding a different type of meat. <laughs> Jesus, I'll have to look into that. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, it, That's it, the only thing I know about it. <laughs> it's great because, you know, you see this great kind of relationship between Microsoft and Nintendo and you know, Microsoft allowing their characters in a Nintendo game, which is really cool. Like Banjo-Kazooie, obviously now an Xbox property, is in there. They have a costume for even Cuphead as one of the Mii fighters. So if yeah, you're a Mii fighter, yeah, it's really cool. Although I would have preferred the, yeah, an actual sure. character, yeah. But this one's really cool because they got a lot of moves so they can do mining. You know, you got crafting parts um i think you can press down b for like a smash attack down where you, you create a block and just smash on the character it's cool. pretty cool but like they're you get they're, the other characters like creepers and uh not slenderman enderman <laughs> so it's it that would be more in their uh final smash which would be their kind of main finishing move i guess you could call it so um you can basically summon a giant piston which sends opponents flying into they call the house of boom (laughs) and there you know you'll see iconic creepers from minecraft and they'll set off an explosion dealing like huge damage which is pretty cool i know and then you obviously have the the minecraft world stage as well and some music tracks which are minecraft related i just thought this one was fun because i haven't played smash brothers ultimate in a while and you know it's something i always wanted to get back into and this definitely gave me an excuse and it's been fun so far anyway but yeah i mean microsoft nintendo doing great things sure we've seen microsoft games coming on there like or in the blind forest and so on and what was it wasn't it um i guess that wasn't technically a microsoft property to begin with you know the outer worlds outer worlds obsidian isn't it yeah um yeah was that were were obsidian bought before outer worlds came out trying to figure out because it's on PlayStation as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's yeah. what I, I have it on PlayStation, yeah. So they so must have bought Obsidian after you yeah. know, that was originally created. But... Which is kind of a weird one, uh, not to labor on because we want to get on to the main kind of topic. But mm-hmm. like the fact that Obsidian, oh, bleh, Obsidian, <laughs> Obsidian mm-hmm. uh, kind of is almost a direct competitor to Bethesda. As in, like they have their version of Fallout, which is now Outer Worlds, and they're bringing out that kind of RPG, medieval-ish fantasy game what was it called um elder side or something like that or 
oh, what was what was the one Obsidian were going to bring out? And it was like a, going to be a direct competitor to Elder Scrolls. Oh God, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it was rumored like ages ago, but everyone was thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be even better than uh, Elder Scrolls because Obsidian know what they're doing. <laughs> um, they yeah. But yeah, so we'll move on from that anyways. And we're going to get into somewhat our main topic or side topic of the show. And this is us chatting about our favorite game YouTuber channels or YouTubers and why we like them. Uh, we don't have to labor on about them too much. So I guess, do you want to take the first one? Yeah, cool. Uh, pretty obvious one for me. It would be Kind of Funny Games. Now, mm. big fan of the lads there. So, you know, you have the likes of, say, Greg Miller, Tim Geddes, Ken Coelho, uh, Nick Scarpino, and so on. But it's just a channel dedicated solely to video games. Now, they have their Kind of Funny uh, YouTube channel as well, but this would be the Kind of Funny Games. So in there, you have various podcasts, like, you know, the one that Greg Miller and Blessing would be doing and that's called ps i love you xoxo you got the kind of funny x cast now which would be kind of hosted by snowbike mike you got alana pierce in there as well and mm. gary Witta. uh then you have kind of funny games daily which would be kind of a i think an hour plus kind of show yeah that's the one i kind of listen to every so often that's a great one to kind of listen to in the background as well mm. uh, and the likes to say you know gary Witta, who would be known for no, obviously he's doing the whole animal talking thing right now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, we know him from Star Wars, and he actually did, you know, Rogue One and all that kind of stuff as well. I think he did some um, Walking Dead too. But you know, they always kind of get cool kind of hosts coming in every now and again. They've introduced me to so many different types of you know video game media people as well as part of the show. And obviously, I'm sure you can appreciate Greg Miller because he's such a huge uh, Ghostbusters fan as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That man has way too much energy. I just, I don't understand how he has that much energy. Oh man, I love it. I mean, I kind of took inspiration for the intro kind of from him because usually, <laughs> what's up everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny. You know, um, but no, his energy is just absolutely brilliant. And I think that's what kind of gets me excited too. Mm. He's a huge PlayStation fan and you know, he loves everything PlayStation and Jesus Christ, he's just like a trophy hoarder and so on. He's always yeah, the man has over a hundred trophies or hundred platinums. It's mad. But um, then you, you, see him, you know, talking and you know having great crack with the like, mm. you know, Neil Druckmann, who obviously did Last of Us or, you know, Shuhei Yoshida, he's really good friends with. And I've seen pictures of him and his wife, Jen, like, you know, actually having Shuhei over for dinner. Imagine having Shuhei Yoshida <laughs> over for dinner. Like that is absolutely pr- pretty surreal. <laughs> but um, I was a big fan of his uh, when he was doing IGN back in the day. Mm. And he did the whole kind of, up at noon video game show where he'd get guests in and you know do one-to-one interviews with them and had kind of funny skits with like brian altano and all them from ign but oh man i loved it back then but yeah kind of funny because the amount of podcasts i listen to from them that kind of gets me mm. through this whole kind of quarantine phase or yeah they, they kind of have um like a podcast for almost everything i think they have like movies like is it mm. si- side no not side real um oh a screencast isn't it, it- yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's kind of funny uh, screencast yeah. um, where you talk about movies and films and stuff like that, um, which is kind of right up my alley as well. Um, yeah, deadly, deadly little um, channel. Yeah, definitely. Greg Miller, 
please come on the podcast. Um, yeah, my one, um, the first one I have is a channel on YouTube that I watch from time to time. Uh, most of mine are kind of like retro games, even though I'm not even a big retro game collector, but it's called Metal Jesus Rocks. Um, oh. It's uh, this guy called Jason. I don't know his surname, but um, he's based in Seattle. And it's just uh, something about the show I just find really relaxing. It's like he he's quite soft-spoken he just talks about how much he loves gaming um he's always really like positive and i guess i i'm almost funny enough i'm attracted to really positive gamers um like this is part of the reason why i don't like jim sterling and some stuff like that not that i don't like him i just i just need escapism and i prefer listening to kind of upbeat kind of gaming news and stories sometimes he would kind of grate on you sometimes you're just like yeah yeah i mean look he has reasons to like he's is standing up for like you know abuse in the games industry and stuff like that so it's you do need people out there championing that uh but me personally i i like to unwind and listen to stuff like this where it might be him sitting down talking about like hidden gems on this console or that console, like consoles I'll never own, but I just like hearing like why he's into it. So, um, funnily enough, he was the inspiration behind me picking up, um, both spec ops, the line and enslaved Odyssey to the West. Oh, okay. Um, Good. so it was off his channel. Like, he was recommending like these overlooked gems on the, xbox 360 and i was like i only had one console at the time and i was like oh yeah you know i want to pick this up and it was quite cheap um so yeah thanks jason for that (laughs) um but he does other things like he has um a a girl i think she's called kinsey burke who's another gamer who appears on the show from time to time where they go to well obviously Mm pre-covid um they go to like games shops to pick up like little things or they travel around seattle or they'll travel to different um states to little known game shops and pick up random things i think there was one recently during the pandemic where he actually went to a place close to him and he was like finding all this like really cool stuff that you know the big hardcore gamers haven't found Mm. it's like this he was like oh my god this is really unusual that you would find so many like big box pc games still in the box yeah (laughs) um so that was pretty cool um yeah so uh i'm sure we're going to put links to these um, shows in the show notes so do check out Metal Jesus Rocks send yeah. him some love and a like and a subscribe over there yeah I mean I totally agree he is very soft spoken but there is something relaxing about his show mm. uh, he seems like he has a co- cool crew you know with, with the guests he gets on like I know he what's her name Kelsey Lewin uh, usually shows up there I think she owns that video game shop Pink Gorilla Games or something like that I think I it was think called. so yeah but no it, um, you know he always does you know hidden gems like you said mm. i think i picked up a lot of kind of game boy advance games by looking at his you know oh, recommended games for the game boy advance and so on i do know he's done a few videos recently on what he's going to choose between the ps5 and the xbox but yeah overall i just think yeah it's a fun channel nice and relaxing nice to have while you're just sitting down on the couch with a a nice beer or something like yeah that. yeah and uh, just in a, a kind of honorable mention i was going to mention this as a separate topic but it's so kind of similar that i'll just kind of just put it in with it mm. and that's just happy console gamer um mm. he's another guy I, I don't know his real name but he's got a s- similar kind of vibe he's just talking about the reasons he loves video games doesn't talk about negative things too often really with a name like that <laughs> just saying you know he's very he is he lives up to his name he is a happy console gamer don't worry there i have another pick which is the complete opposite um <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's an again it's a very very um nice show to watch he just goes on about all the positive games he 
loves you know why these games are his favorite horror games why what hidden gems he likes what are his favorite japanese rpgs what are his favorite like puzzle games and it's just refreshing just to to watch gamers who aren't angry all the time you know we're not an angry bunch not all of us but <laughs> yeah, uh, only when we're playing street fighter or something <laughs> now looking at the youtube channel yeah i've definitely seen a few of his videos he's actually very good now on his youtube channel it says i'm your host johnny millennium Ooh. yeah i was wondering if that was actually his real surname don't know who knows we'll have to ask him uh john yeah. if you want to come on the podcast just let us know <laughs> uh what about you what's your next pick oh uh, okay i'll go with I'll save the, the more kind of techie stuff for later, but I'll go with Alana Pierce. She's formed mm. by GN. She's obviously working with the likes of Funhouse and Rooster Teeth. Now, she's kind of really grown her channel over the last few mm. months. Like, she's been pumping out the content and doing really cool things. So, like, she'll do, like, random things, like, you know, like unboxings. Uh, she'll do gameplay videos. I know she's been having a lot of fun recently with Among Us. Uh, she's doing, like, does, like, a lot of kind of Q&A sessions where she'll reach out to, you know, fans. You know, basically just ask me whatever you want. And then <laughs> she even did a funny kind of video where um, she read out some of the kind of funniest DMs she would have gotten on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> imagine what they're like <laughs> some of them are just absolutely ridiculous she puts up the video podcast of the podcast that she does with like troy baker uh, mike bithel and austin wintry which is called play watch listen which is actually yeah. kind of cool because you know you have the likes of troy baker who's a video game voice actor absolutely mm. brilliant actor um you have alana pierce who's obviously been in gaming media for x amount of years you have like you know mike bithel who's a video game designer you know, he did the likes of, say, you know, John Wick Hex and all these other oh, nice. video games and Austin Wintry, who'd be, you know, composer. So it's it actually pretty cool and getting to see them talk about various different games and topics from various different angles. So you have that gaming media angle, you have... Mm. Troy Baker who talks about the acting and you know all the um the ins and outs of actually being a voice mocap and that kind of stuff exactly um Mike Bithell who goes into you know the the actual creation of the video game and Austin who you know talks about the composing and you know when Mm. he goes about that it's actually really cool to get various different kind of angles on different topics which is pretty cool but uh, overall I just think she's absolutely hilarious um she's done a few yeah she seems really down to earth um Looks like the type of person you'd love to have like a, a beer with. Oh, definitely. And like her Batman figure collection is just absolutely amazing. Like she put up a video of like her current Batman uh, figure and statue collection. My yeah. God, it is impressive. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool. She's like a great role model for females looking to get into the gaming industry. She's mm. always outspoken. She's, you know, very strong, very smart, kind of hardworking individual. And yeah. I just think she would be a you know a great role model for any kind of female who's looking to get into the industry. And she also seems like she you know does a lot of kind of great charity events. Like she'll do a lot mm. of streams, you know, to raise money for charity and so on. Yeah, I've seen that from time to time. You, you see, like she's doing like a twenty four hour stream to raise funds for whatever did another calls or something like that i mean on, um, how, how could you not like you know someone like that who you know obviously gives back to the community helps mm. the community and you know also is kind of uh, really entertaining as well so uh yeah she would be my second choice what about your next one ray um i have a really good one but i'm going to leave it to last just because it's the one i kind of know the most about so my second choice is actually a or your third choice you mentioned happy console gamer as well well that's it too 2.5 uh my second choice is a show called boundary break now 
this is one that I kind of got into more recently than than before. But like they do a little bit of everything where they go into the code of all these games and basically sometimes they can like unhook the camera in the game or I think sometimes they have to actually build a free roam camera that can explore the game itself. And they just go through everything. Like they just show you, all right, this is the level, this is what's underneath. And sometimes they find really weird things like a, a small block that just has an x on it they're like we have no idea what this is we've asked the the programmers and they don't have any idea either um <laughs> or they might talk about like uh you know we put this in and it was easier just to leave it there rather than take it out and like because to take it out you'd have to code it out and all stuff so we just ignored it no one was going to see it anyway um but the one that they're really famous for uh especially given the season of halloween um was they went into the boundary break of a game called PT, or should I say a, t- a playable teaser called PT, which for those uh, in the know know that this was the potential pitch for a new Silent Hill game. And there's a character in it called Lisa who is nightmare fuel, um, like properly, ooh, yeah. Um, but as if the game wasn't scary enough, and it is scary, don't get me wrong, I've played it a few times, I unfortunately deleted it from my PlayStation, like fool, um, they discovered by freeing up the camera that Lisa is behind you the entire time. Mm. Like this is a first person experience and the the character of her is just floating right behind you the entire time. And when they need to expose her, then they just move the character to where they need it to be. Now, I don't know if that makes the game even more horrifying that when you're actually playing it, knowing that that character model is literally right behind you, that freaks the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> So yeah, check them out. Uh, they're called Boundary Break, and uh, the series is just called, as far as I know, Out of Bound Secrets. Um, so just check it out; it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the the likes of say their their Mario ones. They had a, a cool Mario Kart Double Dash one. Uh, I think that wasn't too long ago either. But um, yeah, they definitely have a lot of fun on that channel. But that PT yeah. one just freaked me out. Like, yeah. could, could you imagine that in VR as well? Jesus, I, would I don't. Oh God, don't even want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad enough. And what's next on the uh, list from you? Cool. I am going to go with a Spawn Wave. Now, he's kind of a fella I watch a lot on YouTube. Like, to be honest with you, I think I actually watch more YouTube than I do actual TV nowadays, which is kind of interesting. But I, mean, I guess YouTube's the new kind of TV for me now, anyway. But yeah. a Spawn Wave, he kind of a video game YouTuber. He would do like say for instance he'll do mainly the daily news videos so it would be like spawn wave news and he'll basically just talk about you know the various different topics that happened recently um usually that seems to be uh, i think a daily kind of thing that he do it's kind of cool you'll just hear about the latest gaming news and then he'll take in some comments from youtube or so on uh, like comment of the day in that uh, he does unboxing so he'll like unbox consoles He'll unbox, you know, like, so say video game accessories like controllers and that, and he'll do kind of reviews on them. <laughs> but then, <laughs> while he's doing reviews on some of these items, like, he'll actually do a full blown out teardown of the bloody thing. <laughs> so he might, oh, I just bought myself a brand new controller. Oh, you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to tear it down and show you what's inside. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) i enjoy that part it's kind of cool like he he's going through this whole series as well where he's trying to i I think like he said ages ago like he sold his gamecube and all the games for like Mm. stupid amount of money when he was trading in something and they was trying to build his gamecube collection back so he's actually 
he's bought a GameCube and every now and again he'll get pickups and unbox, you know, the items he might have gotten from GameStop and so on. He will maybe sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> order certain games like uh, retro games from GameStop just to see what they're like. You know, some of them might come in, you know, in the full blown out, you know, packaging with yeah. what they call the leaflets and the cover and everything else others might just be in a random box and then you know <laughs> in a piece of paper with the Jesus. that's pretty much it and then he'll order refurbished consoles as well from mm. likes of GameStop but you know he'll you know do a lot of these kind of tech videos which are kind of cool he does like a, um he did one recently if like this new switch PDP controller I think it was and uh, he did a review of the Game Gear Micro which is just weird I was hoping the Game Gear Micro would be a lot better but is that the one that's like literally like you oh. fit it in the palm of your hand i it's so small it won't even fit in the palm of your hand <laughs> what was the point of that i i don't know i think it was just more Weird. collector's item kind of thing but mm. um, i do enjoy some of his kind of look back videos where he might say you know no this is why you know the nintendo 3ds did so well or this certain console might have been difficult to actually repair because i i think he used to do kind of video game repairs as well which is why he knows mm. much about you know tearing it down and then you know uh, fixing up various different things uh, yeah also did cool video where he made a portable gamecube by like he was using these tutorials in a kit that um he got online but you basically cut up a nintendo wii board and then you put it into this kind of game boy looking case and then you create a portable gamecube based off you know the wii uh crazy just kind of cool i know but um i really enjoy it like he's uh, got a good way of uh, talking you know he's not annoying to listen to which is yeah. always helpful but he ke- kind of keeps it entertaining he also has this thing called the uh spawn wave podcast so he'll have like a bunch of guests on and they'll just talk about you know gaming news during the week and so on so it's actually kind of cool mm. he'll have you know, it likes to say modern vintage gamer on there as well every now and again. Um, I think he's usually one of the um, main people who kind of keeps coming back to the episodes. But yeah, uh, overall, Spawn Wave, I would recommend. He also has like a Spawn Wave Plus channel that he just guys kind of goes into the random kind of topics where he'll, you know, mm. discuss so uh, certain articles and so on. But yeah, very good. Fantastic. Um, yeah, the, the next one on my list this is going to be the last one from me is I just need to just double check whether this is it is. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's a channel that I've been watching for several years, mainly through their main website. Um, but then obviously their, their main website ties more into their YouTube channel now as well. And it's Cinemasker uh, and by proxy AVGN as well. So AVGN, if anyone knows this angry video game nerd, mm-hmm. Um, I first got into this. God, I can't remember if it was the first time I watched AVGN. It was back when he was still on. Uh, what's the bloody? Not Smosh. Um, no, it's it's it was a uh, part of another uh, games website. Anyways, so the whole thing is it's this guy called James Rolfe. Um, anybody who's anybody in the video game world will know who James Rolfe is, and any angry video game nerd. But he also has like Cinemaskers um like channel where he t- does does breakdowns of like movie franchises and stuff as well but one of his main kind of side projects was the angry video game nerd which was kind of done as a bit of a joke parody back in the day it wasn't really meant to be a big thing it was just a character he created and then it massively took off and it became the nerd was this character who was basically plagued by 
all the shittiest games ever. <laughs> uh, some of the biggest highlights would be the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde episode, which I think is very early on. It's like the first or second episode he ever did. Um, but there are some other funny ones, like the Ninja Turtles episode he does mm-hmm. early on is some of the funniest uh, comedy I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but like, it's it's just really good. Like, he comes across as possibly one of the most genuine, nice guys. Like, even when he does like his games, uh, like he does a, a show with Mike Matei, um, called uh, James and Mike Mondays, where they just literally just sit down and play video games every Monday, and that's Why it. Not? They just put it up, and I think they actually had to put a, a stop to it because they hadn't taken a break in something like ten years. Jeez, <laughs> they've been oh, doing yeah, it for lad. like ten years. Like, <laughs> I need a break. I'm dying here. Um, but like they kept it going through through lockdown and everything, so they were just doing remote gaming and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but it's just really good. Like some of his game room tours are just fantastic. He does have guests on every so often. Like he's not in character as the nerd, but just as James. And he, he has people like John Tron or um, Scott Scott was Is that the yeah. name of another guy? Yep. Yeah, they visited as well. Like some of these really other big name YouTube gamers. Um, and just he just comes across like a really nice guy. He's down mm. to earth. Uh, he's very humble. You know doesn't seem like he's in it for any type of like notoriety or fame or anything like that he just is doing what he loves and somehow he's making money from it and i think he's very humble about that whole thing Mm. um so yeah if for some bizarre reason you listening to this have never heard of cinemassacre check it out we'll Mm. put the link in the show notes and on a side note um not game related but he does a, or like used to do a series every October called Monster Madness, where he literally just talks about like classic horrors. Um, like maybe the theme in one month might be horrors from the 80s. Another year it might be like the Hammer horrors, like the origin of Dracula and all those type of stuff. And I learned so much from his series. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, give the guy a like, subscribe. Cool, cool. Uh, my final one would be Digital Foundry. Now, I'm sure you've heard of these guys, right? They're kind of renowned for doing like video game analysis. So they'll go so in depth with likes to say frame rates, resolutions, how they perform across various different consoles. Like they've had, you know, videos where they'll look at, say, let's just say Team Sonic Racing, where it'll run on the Xbox or the Xbox, sorry, the Xbox One or the Xbox One X. And then you have the mm-hmm. PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro. And then you also have the Switch version version and they'd actually be looking at how they all perform uh, across the various different platforms but they'll do that even with you know all the other games such as you know crash bandicoot call of duty and so on but they do like console reviews so they'll give an overview of the hardware and you know what they can actually do as well they do accessory yeah. reviews so they had a kind of cool thing where you know they've been doing a lot of xbox series x coverage because they got one as well now mm. and they're kind of uh, trying to determine you know what are the best kind of external ssds you can use with your xbox series x you know to get the best performance mm. for like say back compatible games and so on they do like reactions to to gaming showcases so they actually watched the ps5 showcase and the xbox showcase and so on and actually Mm. gave their you know analysis on that as well they'll go back and look at retro games i think that would be more kind of john lineman who would be doing those those kind of things as well they got a cool team so you have alex vitalia who you know 
has been doing so much kind of cool things with you know video games in terms of you know pc where he'll be looking at you know the likes of say control and your tx 3080 series cards and dlss from nvidia where you know you can get the kind of 4k upscaling on lower images and yep. so on then you got so the team be alex battaglia john linneman who would be you know kind of retro expert uh tom morgan who used to be a lot on the videos i think he's more now on the kind of writing aspect in that but he was recently on their uh one million subscriber live stream well, nice. but i always like tommy as such a nice kind of cool voice for just kind of you know talking through tech and videos and so on mm. and richard ledbetter who would be my favorite richard's absolutely brilliant he's kind of got a funny sense of humor but he's got a lovely way of talking about him i just find him so easy and interesting to actually listen to but those guys just go so in depth and they are so analytical and like to, to do what they do at the level they do it at takes a lot of time and dedication and so on and mm. it just shows because i mean now they've gotten over that one million subscriber kind of thing which and i was like before i was like how are they not you know how do they not have more subscribers yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. based on the work they do but uh, any kind of thing you'll see nowadays where you know people are talking about games and so on they might say oh look we'll give you the critical review but if you want to know about frame rates if you want to know about all the technical mm. like go to digital foundry they tell you there. <laughs> i suppose like it's a very um niche kind of thing like not every gamer is going to really want to know the ins and outs of it but they want to just know is it going to look good but then you do get that kind of other gamer who does really want to know how is this working? Like how, how mm. much faster is this from this other console? What's the, how, what's the load time is going to be like? Exactly. Um, and in the inside like tech and everything else, I just find that mm. very fascinating. So I think they're probably way ahead of the field in terms of what they do. And I think they're probably the go-to place anyway, if you want anything like that. So yeah. they would be definitely one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels out at the moment. But I mean, like there's so many bloody channels on YouTube that are, you know, mm. video game related in some way that we could obviously mention. Like, I mean, you have your game spots where, you know, you have great kind of hosts like Lucy James kind of giving you kind of news there and they got great reviews there. You got IGN as well, who, mm. you know, obviously have all the, you know, I love Ryan McCaffrey on Podcast Unlocked. You obviously have Jonathan Dornbush on, you know, Podcast Beyond and Nintendo Voice Chat you have there as well. Huge fan of, yeah. you know, like said, Per Schneider. Big fan of Brian Altano on that as well. You know, even Linus Tech Tips, he'll do, you know, reviews on hardware that you use to play video games from a PC kind of aspect. Then, you know, it's just like the amount of channels that are on there that you would love to mention but yeah just can't because there's, there's so, so many. many i suppose the only the only ones i can't really abide by anymore are the angry gamer ones purely because you know james rolf did it and he did it the best so everyone please stop trying to be the next angry gamer <laughs> like it's just it's it's just such a cliche thing like james did it before everyone else he just did it get over it stop trying to be the angry gamer that's kind of why i like scott um scott the wall yeah i think he's called whereas like he's not an angry gamer he's just like I don't like this. I like this. <laughs> I don't even like this thing. Why do I even buy these things? What are you talking about? <laughs> Spend my life savings on this thing. What a waste of time. <laughs> um, so he, I find him kind of refreshing. Like he's he's got that kind of like uh, surly gamer more kind of vibe. Mm. He's not like angry. He's just like annoyed. Um, but yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all we got time for. Ray, why don't you tell the people where can we find you? What are you up to? Tell us what you got going on. Well, 
the only thing I've got going on is a pandemic. Nothing. Nothing's going on. But <laughs> apart from nothing, I also do a podcast with uh, two friends called Rob and Eddie called Screen 17. You can find it Screen 17 podcast or just Screen 17 on most uh, streaming platforms. We do have an Instagram account at Screen 17 podcast. I'm sure we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yep, we don't upload that much onto Instagram, but when we do, it's comic gold. I oh, swear to God. I know. Um, but we post like um, our podcast every other week. We, we try to do it weekly, but life commitments get in the way. So we just say every other week. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, go- great podcast, guys. Definitely listen to it. Uh, Rob and Eddie are absolutely brilliant on the show with you. And Rob, Eddie, if you're listening, yes, I will gladly take over for Ray. That is no problem at all. Absolute <laughs> shambles he has on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're just more professional. What can I say? Oh, we'll just, uh, I don't I don't know why you keep saying, oh, it's closed production. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Eddie blowing smoke up your backside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely listen to Screen 17 podcast. Listen to our friend of the show, Johnny, on the Dystropia podcast as well. Uh, you can obviously find ourselves using that side quest heroes on Instagram. Please do, you know, like, comment, let us know what kind of topics you want us to cover in the future. Let us know, you know, what are your some of your favorite gaming YouTubers or YouTube channels that are video game related as well. Uh, you can also follow me using Clivysaur on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, which I still haven't gone back to, but I'm sure I will at some stage. Me too. I need to go back and play a bit of Twitch. <laughs> I know I have my SNES Classic and I want to do some kind of retro gaming at the moment so i just figured that'll be so easy to stream definitely want to try something like that but anyway thank you very much guys for listening ray thank you as always take it easy lads bye-bye